Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, are you on Twitter? Uh, Let me check. Yes, I'm on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. You're, You're getting one of those special podcasts where... We've already been rolling a little bit. Uh, we are. We do not have empty glasses, nor did we previous. So, what are we drinking, by the way? This would be bourbon. What kind, though? Uh, this is Basil Hayden. Oh, it's it's pretty good. I like this. It is good. Yeah. Um, we had made the statement before we started recording. If you are a bourbon drinker, but you don't have the big formed ice cubes. Are you a are you really a bourbon drinker? You may drink it, but you don't like it. it and the thing is, it's not that hard to. It's pretty you, easy. You, you you get online, you buy a. It's typically a four pack ice cube tray. So we're talking. I have you the know, six pack myself. Do you really? I nice. do. Um, and, and anyways, you got a big ice cube for your bourbon. It's you know some easy. people go out of their way to make sure they never lose that that uh, that ice container. Yes, that um, the I ice have, tray. Some people. I don't know these people. But I know they exist. Maybe sometimes they're even sitting across the table from they, you. They, they could be me. I'm not even sure. Um, there are services now for the bars. I would assume you know that, right? What do you mean? Uh, services come by and give, and give bars the, 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 the bricks of ice, the, the, the blocks of the, ice. The yeah. blocks of ice. So there are two ways to do it, I believe, which is boil the water to get all of the oxygen out or... You actually like suck it out with like a pressure cooker type of thing, and then freeze it. Okay. And then they chop it up and give it to bars. Interesting. To, yes. To to make sure it's clear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you also spent some time in a football setting before we came here today. I've already had a great day. Yeah. Uh, amazing day. Went to the Gophers open practice. The Gophers have three open practices this spring. They also have the spring game that's open. So four times if you're in town here to have an opportunity to go see the Gophers play. Met up with our friend, our old friend of the show, Jim in Minnesota, yep. that you know. Yep. We, we met him last year for a practice. Also met up with Boatwagon. The infamous Boatwagon. The infamous Boatwagon. And I mean that, I hope, in a good way. In a good That's way. That's how I meant it. Great guy. Um, he's at Boatwagon on at Boatwagon 1 on, on Twitter. Um, and actually presented me with a gift. Shut the front door. He did. He presented me with a gift. Not... For me, but for us. Wow. So I'm going to unveil the gift right now. I swear to God, folks, this is... I had no idea. Here we go. Okay. All right. Here we go. He's reaching behind himself. It's it's a little uncharacteristic of the eyes on big. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. Oh, no. Knob Creek. Look at <laughs> yes. that. Holy yeah. cow. We got a 375 mil bottle of Knob Creek. Small batch, by the way. 100 I- proof. Hundred proof stuff. I am clumped here. I, I am I am tearing up. I thanked him multiple times. I couldn't thank him enough. As we have stated multiple times, we have the coolest listeners. We do. And I've got a one hundred proof small batch of Knob Creek sitting in front of me to prove it. So thank you, Boltwagon. Yes, thank you, Boltwagon again. Um, so watch. All right, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mostly talked about wagon during during the practice, so I didn't watch as much as I normally would have. Jim in Minnesota diligently took notes <laughs> next to us. Um, but a couple things that, to point Somehow out. Somehow those notes are going to wind up behind enemy lines for Nebraska. I, I, I think so, think. yes. Yeah. yes. He's going he's gonna to be sending those over to Lincoln later tonight. Um, a couple things. Zach Anikstad, still, my God. I mean, we, we saw him last spring. The guy has a cannon. He looked amazing. I know it's – I mean, it's definitely still Tanner's team. No doubt. He was running first, first team, but – there's a competition there. And then you got Jacob Clark. You got a couple good quarterbacks coming in. So in the same in. breath you said, it's Tanner's team, but there's a competition. He's got to look over his shoulder. I mean, I tell you, Anikstet was humming it, dude. It was beautiful. Uh, Demis- Demetrius Douglas, that was his main target all day. Third third wide receiver in looked the offense. Looked great. Maybe uh, second. Defensive line, at least first string, looked pretty good. I was, um, I'm not saying they looked great. But they got at least three really good players there. Maybe depth is a little bit uh, sketchy. PJ was pretty funny. He was putting on a show. He was being the when they went eleven on eleven. He was the ref, and he was just loving it, man. He he loved calling a delay of game on Tanner Morgan. 
He just ate it up. Uh, I've never known PJ to like the stage like that. It was unusual. It was a little out of character. No Heather Fleck, though, tonight. Oh. I know. I know. That's unfortunate. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, But I did see, here's a little maybe inside info, a recruit, a 2022 wide receiver named Reggie Florima was there. And I I recognized him. I go, oh, I know that guy. You recognized him? I did. Uh, You are a a recruit beatnik. He's, He's also visited Iowa, but he was visiting... Uh, Minnesota this weekend. Wow. wow. Yeah. Cool. Big That's time, good stuff. Big time recruit. Good vibe. You said about the same crowd as about last year. About the same crowd we saw last year, but yeah, good vibe. Um, just, you know, pretty energetic practice. Um, just good times seeing football up close again. Nice. Yeah. Hey, loved it. We're, we're inching our way back into God's sport. Yes, we are. We don't spend much time away. And you know what? There's no, we don't need to rush it. Yeah, We've got I spring. I agree. We got knucklehead season in the summer. Let's just take our time. Let's let's sip on our bourbon yep, and I take our time. Go ahead. Here. Oh, nice. Listen Tasty. to the listen to the the ice cling around in the glass. I agree. There. We've got. Yep. But with that being said, there is a Big Ten football specific podcast. So, unless you got anything else, do we have some housekeeping? Let's items? launch into housekeeping. Housekeeping, Nebraska wide receiver J.D. Spielman has taken a leave of absence from the team temporarily and is home right now in Minnesota. This per 24-7 sports. So my question is, if he's in Minnesota, he's not going to class, right? And yet I heard that he was still enrolled, which... Seems to I've heard that too. Two stories combating against each other. Um, how much you want me? You want me to take off on this for a yeah, little bit? Yeah, go for because, it, man. What do you got? Um, I've got I've got sources, you know, that uh, help us out. One of them is the aforementioned Jim in Minnesota. Um, he uh, he DM'd me. I I printed it off, took it to a printer, binded it. It was a 47-page manifesto, and I was able to So kind of like I do with the pick six previews, <laughs> right. with, with this preview mag. Okay, Jim, I hope you're laughing with us. We're, we're having fun. But there was other Nebraska fans that gave input, too. Um, uh, JD is an enigma wrapped in a riddle, and he always has been. And uh, we've known that for, some while, for quite some time. Um, there's then then we now go into speculation and the speculation is there's been some injuries perhaps some uh cte concussion type of deal okay and it's led to him just generally maybe not loving the sport of football as much as he used to well i guess if i got my head dinged around enough i'd probably stop loving football enough to stop playing it and it is my personal belief, we're not going to go down to this deep rabbit hole, but some people have very easy reactions to getting a concussion. Some people's are a little bit harsher. Well, sure. And some, there's different degrees of concussion. Just like there's yeah. different degrees of everything else, right? Yeah. Yep. So if he is, you know, having issues with that, and because he is a very intelligent person, perhaps he just has desires that are greater than football. Um, we know his dad, right? He helps run the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. One would think that he's not exactly hurting for money in life. You can branch out and find other things to do. This is all kind of, you know, informed speculation, if that's a term. I don't think he's going to go back to Nebraska. I don't huh. think he's going to go back to Minnesota. It is my personal okay. opinion that. Throwing it out there. We've we've seen him play his last days on the football, which is sad because he is a great football player. Oh, he's he's so much fun to watch. Stretches the field. So maybe he's just like George Costanza and wants to be an architect. Yeah. Like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, just like quitting when you're head. Yeah. Just, Nothing. Just walk out. Wants to be Art Vandelay. Art Vandelay. Yeah. Yep. Okay, sticking with Nebraska. Former Nebraska running back, Moe Washington, has been sentenced to 30 days in jail and two years probation after pleading no contest to a misdemeanor, which is good news because he, he was charged with a felony. They dropped the felony down to a, a misdemeanor. So that whole thing, this by the Omaha World Herald, by the way, that whole thing has been put to bed, finally. Yeah, I mean, 
good news for Mo is that once he gets done, there's not going to be anything on his record. That's the cool thing about it being a misdemeanor as yeah. opposed to a felony. Great That's a big news deal for, for him. Washington. I think it's it's to a certain degree good news for Nebraska because they're separated from that. It's yeah, it's over. It's good probably for both of them to move on. So Alabama is hiring Indiana strength and conditioning coach David Ballou as its new strength and conditioning coach to replace Scott Cochran, who left for University of Georgia, this per football scoop. I, this is, to me, this signifies another step for IU towards becoming a big boy program. But also a frustrating part. Frustrating, but this is going to happen along the way. But why, why is everybody picking on the Hoosiers, man? Like, it, it's a... It's a thing because like, they're doing well. I mean, yeah. I think they made a name for themselves. Everyone was saying that this Hoosier team just kept getting bigger and stronger and faster. And noticeably, other coaches from around the country were saying this and have been for a couple of years. So I think Nick Saban noticed that and said, hey, that's our guy right there. That's incredible. David Ballou. But you know what I'm getting at here, right? Their their offense takes off. Their coordinator gets taken away. Sure. Their, Strength and conditioning looks good. Alabama comes and grab them. Tough, tough well, for the tough for the Hoosiers. It's tough to program. rise up for a, for a program like Indiana. It's just that's that, that's the way. And it this goes. is another one of those struggles. Another one of those struggles. Okay, we're gonna stick with an IU thread here for a little while. But we gotta we gotta thread negative and then back to good. Right? Well, I don't know. Oh, well, let's find out okay. about that. Um, Indiana running back Samson James. Has entered the transfer portal. Oh, oh no! This hmm. was this was the big four-star guy that was committed to Ohio State. He was visiting Ohio State when they beat Indiana in Seabus, and that day he drove home and flipped to Indiana. Got a ton of carries last year. Of course, you know he's behind Stevie Scott, great running back. He was poised to be, you know, at least have a, at least that much of a role. Maybe the starter this year, depending on how he played. He's entering the the uh, the transfer portal. Are you kidding me? This after Coy Cronk transferred. This after Ronnie Walker Jr.'s in the transfer portal. Peyton Hendershot with his troubles. Peyton Ramsey in the transfer portal. We just talked about Dave Ballou. Horrible offseason. Whoa. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. We're getting something through the ticker here. Something's coming in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, okay. This is uh, Indiana running back. Samson James has left the transfer portal. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. He just kind of, maybe he just wanted to get in the portal, look around, <laughs> feel, feel it out, feel himself, look through the window. He's like, ah, I come back. So, all right. Here's my, here's what I think happened. Apparently he was very close to David Ballou, the strength and conditioning coach. That was one of the reasons he went to IU. And when Baloo left, he's like, I'm out of here. Goes into the portal, and then they talked him off the ledge. So he came back out of the portal. Again, don't look at this portal through the eyes of a crusty 47-year-old. Right? I'm only 45. I, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking I'm talking in general to potential podcast listeners. <sighs> This is a what 19, 20 year old. Yeah, he's probably nineteen. Darn near kid. Yeah, probably nineteen, and, actually. And he and he's emotional. I'm just gonna take a guess on that. But at least he thought it out, calmed himself back down, pulled himself back out. And good for him because I mean, it was looking this offseason was looking ugly for IU. Right. And this right. is this is a huge recovery for IU. So speaking of IU, we're gonna stay on that thread. Uh, former offensive coordinator Mike DeBoer. Do you remember that name? I do. Okay. What do you remember him for? Not being that great of an offensive coordinator. Do you remember him for like running, um, <laughs> you know, seven <laughs> yard hooks when it's third and nine or something like that? Things like that. Okay. So he has been hired by University of Michigan as an analyst. This per Dustin An Shooty, Saturday tradition. Analyst. But did you know he was at Michigan from 1993 to 97 and 04 to 07? I did not. Yeah. So okay. he's going back home so to so speak you, so <clears throat> there's a lot of that going on you know analysts get to analyze things you know big is big that news is break. that what happens but they can't go out on the practice field and actually coach in theory i would true. like to I, I i would like to know exactly what they can do i i will say this i 
don't think the risk is you know worth the reward as no in, it's not okay Okay. I but don't you think most... that's something that the NCAA is long past needing to regulate? Like yeah. how they, they regulate how many coaches you have. Why not regulate how many staffers you have? Like there should be enough money to just have like, couldn't you hire a kid, a dude? And just the only thing they have to learn is just the basics mm-hmm. on what is good or bad. And they just go to these football complexes for $36,000 a year. Sure. And they just watch. Is it that hard? I don't know. I don't, I don't I'd know. like to find out. You know what's really hard what's for the NCAA? Mm, everything. Doing anything <laughs> like positive, anything productive, anything useful. Yeah, that's hard. Mark Emmert, I'm talking Ye- to you. Useful. Okay. Ohio State running back Master Teague the third will miss the rest of spring practice with an undisclosed injury. This per 11 rumored, Warriors. Rumored. To Achilles. be Achilles. That, yeah. But, but we I, don't know. We don't, we don't know. know that. I, I haven't found that in print, but yeah, that's the rumor. And, so, and just and proof that all college football fans are cut out of pretty much the same fabric. Doom and gloom out of Buckeye fans. Yeah, I mean, it's it. there's no, they can't possibly it win was, the It East, was already, well, run and, it was like, I think I actually saw the term like run and shoot or like base or air raid. It was air I I take it back. I'm, I'm showing my age air raid. It's like, you know, I'm just going to go under the assumption that number one, master Teague will be back. He'll be back this year. Also, they're probably okay. They're probably guys. Uh, you heard of Demario McCall. He's pretty good. He's not so bad. Uh, Marcus Crowley, sophomore, pretty good. Steel chambers. Okay. Mayan Williams, not so bad. They're going to be okay. I just, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to take a big risk it's, and say they're going to be fine. It's not so much that we are lacking, you know, that we're not feeling sorry for you. It's just that we are realistic in the fact that we think you're going to be great. I don't feel sorry for you. I never will. There's no way. We it's have. It was it, the Knob Creek that's sitting in front of us. It's not the first bourbon that we've been introduced to tonight. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Moving along. Staying with Ohio State, they have added a 2025 home game against UConn. That's the University of Connecticut. Connecticut. If if you're not familiar with them, yeah, don't even have a conference anymore. Okay, now 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 I'm going to flip it back around. That by, I found that myself. Stadium sports, I found myself standing up for. I don't know if that's the right term. Ohio State. Oh yeah. Okay. They they. Put a basically an FCS team on on their schedule in UConn. It's it's essentially an FCS team at this point. Yes, but on the previous podcast, we talked about how ridiculously hard Ohio State's schedule Fair. is in 2025. And, and they're you're basically at this point competing against Clemson and the SEC, right? Correct. So they're doing it. Yes. Why shouldn't you do it? So the it's just like. Like I saw, okay, Brett McMurphy, who is well a professional troll. So is he's there, he's the one that reported. I didn't want to say his name, but stadium. But, sports, but we can say his name because we're going to besmirch his name now. Well, let's besmirch. He is a professional writing troll. He is the 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 lowest of the low of of media covering college football that has a higher platform to preach from. Yes, unfortunately, he, he's a muckraker. Wow, yeah. is that a? Is that it a was thing? a thing like 150 years ago. <laughs> so, so I'm old, guys. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, anyways, the whole point is Brett McMurphy definitely has an axe to grind with Ohio State. Oh yes, absolutely. And I just want to say, Brett McMurphy wasn't by himself. There was other, you know, you got your fly by night Twitter, but college football. He was leading the charge. I, I understand that, and then other people, you know, follow along. Please, like, is it that hard to get on another easy plug FB schedules and just type up 2025 Ohio State football schedule? That's all you got to do. Pretty easy, and you look it up, and you're like, oh, that's why they scheduled UConn. They're sep- so there's two things. Number okay. one, their their schedule Continue. is hard enough to begin with yes. because they're playing Texas and Notre Dame. I believe it's Texas and oh, Notre Dame. Man. Ooh. 
for their non-conference. And oh, by the way, Iowa and Indiana in September. How easy do you think it is to find somebody to play outside of it's September not, no. that's non-conference? No, it's not. You're probably picking from UConn and UConn. And by the way, UConn, like, they're looking for games. Of course they are. You know? They're, they're so actively... Ohio State fans, we we get it, okay? Yep. This is why it's a Big Ten football-specific podcast. So that concludes housekeeping. So now we are on to probably a topic that so you got you got recruiting, right? That's your baby. Recruiting is definitely my baby. Yeah. Um so ironic what I like I think admittedly more than you is recruiting for the NFL, which I, is essentially the combine and the sure. NFL draft. Uh, NFL combine is my recruiting light. Okay. So you like it but Oh, you, I like it. Yeah. Okay, but oh, not that. to the Maybe to the point. Probably not as much as you do. And maybe we'll get to that, too, in a different podcast. But the combine's pretty cool, too. Or uh, the draft is pretty cool, too. The draft is awesome. Is there any sporting event that you can think of? I, I, maybe I can word this correctly. Any sporting event that's not actually a sporting event where there's actually a ball in play that is better than the NFL draft? I think that's the answer, right? You can't really thinking, come up with one. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, nope. Got that's nothing. It. I got nothing. So outside of actual competition. Where there's a winner and loser. The NFL the draft is the premier event. And how crazy is it that just in the last 20 years or so, I mean, th this draft happened in <laughs> Like the mayor, the uh, uh, a place that you would have a meeting for your company, like oh, oh gosh, oh yeah, your draft. Oh hi guys, NFL. You're in the the Excalibur room, right? It's down the corner of the Hilton in New York City. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. it. Yeah, now in it's Manhattan. a gigantic event that gets bounced around the country. And did you see where it's going to be at this year? By the way, it's in uh, Vegas. Okay, is it Vegas this year? And apparently, okay. like the potential draftees they're gonna like walk upon uh, like over a moat essentially onto like a, <laughs> a floating so like, this floating has basically stage. become a movie at this point we might be jumping the shark we, we we're jumping the shark we're pole vaulting a giant squid <laughs> at this point so um but even before that we have the uh the combine which i find also interesting i do too um there are certain people that weren't happy about the combine being in primetime, which is a change this year. Most of the time, mm. the combine was mostly during the day. Uh, okay. Now the combine was in the afternoon, late at night. There are If you really wanted to watch the combine and you were on East Coast time, you were watching the combine until pushing midnight. So this, this is year. basically Paction. We're talking about Pac-12 action. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, Which I kind of liked because I... I caught a lot of this combine as much as I could. Um, so kind of some interesting takes here. Hopefully it kind of breaks into some fun conversation. There were 57 Big Ten athletes that were invited to the combine. Now I say invited because just because you were invited does not mean that you actually performed at the uh, combine. So first up, which two teams do you think had the most players at the combine? Well, it may be Ohio State. I'm not sure about that. I'm yep. going to go Ohio State, and then the other one, eh, maybe Penn State. Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, okay, Michigan. That doesn't surprise me either. Yeah, so 11 apiece. So tied. Oh, 11 for each of those. Yes, so okay. 22 players strong between Ohio State and Michigan. So I feel like we can just go ahead and stop right there. One team had 11. The other team had 11. <laughs> We're going to do this, huh? But seems to be a chasm between the two. There, That's there, a thing. There certainly does. Yeah. If you are a Michigan fan, you are proud that your team puts forth 11 players to the NFL Combine. But is there not a little bit of a, yeah, but, 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 but maybe we should be doing better because Could of Could be those some 11? frustration as yeah. a result of those numbers. Okay. okay. Um. So now I'm going to. Tease you. Again, this is more my baby, not Kurt, so I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but there was a, a, a third team, so third place team 
with the most players at the combine. Do you know which team that was? So I'm guessing it was not Penn State. It was Iowa. Is that your guess? That's my guess. Michigan State. I knew I was going to oh, snag no you there. Oh, no kidding. I knew I was going to snag you there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. So let's, but that let's was... throw out a disclaimer. Again, like a similar episode recently, th- this one is, is Jeff's baby. So I'm learning a lot of this yeah. right now. So Ohio State and Michigan, both with 11. Michigan State with seven players. So what's going on with the state of Michigan in that you can have 18 players com- uh, invited to the combine, but... You know, Michigan State went seven and six. Michigan, you know, far under their over under. I don't know if it's a thing, but it's a a bit of a conversation piece. I think so. Okay, I think so. Then uh, at uh, tied for five are Penn State and Iowa, mm. Wisconsin at four, tied also with Minnesota and Nebraska, Maryland at three, Purdue at two. The Hoosiers had one player invited. Three teams without a player at the Combine, Illinois, Rutgers, and Northwestern. You know, I'm surprised that Reggie Corbin didn't get invited. Should have been. I think so. That's he a got, snub. And I'm a little bit surprised that uh, Swole Batico did not get invited. Also surprised. Yeah. So I feel like Illinois got snubbed. So my conversation with this, right, so we just broke down – the you know the breakout for all 40 57 teams or uh, excuse me 57 players okay we, you know we're starting at the top and you, as you work your way down there's a lot of wins at the top and losses as you go down for the most part the outliers are illinois they they won 6 games sure. whereas Rutgers and northwestern got what four wins between the two of them it sounds right yeah correct yeah. indiana a bit of an outlier they're at the bottom but they won Eight, eight games, games sure. you know, Iowa, Penn State, kind of right where they're at. Wisconsin, maybe a little bit, you know, a little, little bit low. Maybe I, there is a correlation between how many players are at the combine and wins, but it's no doubt not, it's not exactly not perfect, perfect either. So could be like the coaching episode pay versus wins. Yeah, something like that. Something in there. Yeah. OK, um, OK. So then that gets us into the individual performers. Now we are obviously are not going to get into all 57 players. We wouldn't do that on this podcast. Would we, we, we never talk too long. Do we, we're actually not going to do that, but, um, I've got a couple notable players and teams. I've got one notable one. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's, there's quite a few. So we're going to bounce around a little bit. I'm just going to start out with one of them that, kind of grabbed me and surprised me the most. We're going to go with Minnesota's own Carter Coughlin. Mm. Pretty much played throughout his college career as a hand-in-the-dirt 4-3 defensive lineman, definitely a pass rush specialist. Dude ran a 4.57 40-yard dash as a 6-3, 236-pound "Quote unquote defensive end." What I'm kind of wondering is, did he flex himself into a three-four outside linebacker with that type of performance? I think absolutely that's what he did. Or maybe, but he don't knew you both. think that's what he was going for? That would I mean, be the thing. He was kind of out of position in college, right? Interesting. So you, don't you think so? N- no, I I agree with you right there. Okay. I, I, did you, did you think but, it was as obvious during college? as maybe now suddenly it seems. Yeah, I, I kind of did. He obviously did. He, he I mean, you're a little bit undersized mm-hmm. as a defensive end. At he is, absolutely. You know, that's that's yep. not huge, especially carrying that on a 6'3 frame, frame. It is going to be interesting to see exactly who takes him in what defense that he winds up being. He's certainly not a 3-4 defensive end. He's a 3-4 outside linebacker or – a pass rushing specialist in a in a four three. Another gopher that helped him out and, or helped himself out. Antoine Winfield Jr. ran a four four five forty. So at five nine two oh three, surprisingly big hands. Just worth saying nine and a half inches. Okay, so that's, where does that fall? Like that's that is to the big size of quarterbacks. Is it really? <laughs> that's a big. This is a big mitts for a five foot nine dude. Anyways. Everybody knew that 
Winfield Jr., they know the pedigree, of course, you know, his dad. The other side of it is he obviously, quote-unquote, was a playmaker at Minnesota. Sometimes I think it gets a little bit of a negative connotation like, okay, you, congratulations, you're the Big Ten defensive back of the year. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily translate. You don't run a fast enough forward or something like that, but obviously he does. He did. Yeah. So then suddenly he runs that forward. He had a good shuttle time, too. He's being compared to the Honey Badger. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Uh, I like that. And I think that's what he is. And the guy's a ball hawk. That's he the other is, thing. He's a, he's got a nose Which, for of the course, ball. the Honey Badger is, too. But, like, um, I'm thinking of the, the, the Palomalu. Like, that's the, to me, we'll the, try Palomalu, Palomalu okay. Ed Reed are the ultimate safety ball hawks, right? Yes. He's in that mold. Wow, that's, you took him up a step from where I was I'm not saying going. he's as good as them. <laughs> I'm just saying that's, okay. that's. The nose for the ball type of deal. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would st- I would stick with the honey badger type of deal. But either way, do I- so Minnesota has a long streak of not having a player taken in the first round. They do, don't they? A long streak. I, yeah, I, one of the longest of the big time. I mean, Iowa State <laughs> easily has the longest streak. <laughs> How long is it? I believe it's 47 years. 47 years. That's a long wow. time. So I do I think they're going to break that with Anton Winfield Jr.? I do not. But he's going to flirt. He's going to flirt with that first round. I think he's going to be. So somebody could say this is our guy. Yeah. Could fall very, in love with him. Very good. Pick. Could make I him mean, a first rounder. Very good. Very but good. But also at safety, it's hard to be a first rounder. Yeah. The other thing I'd like to point out, too, shocking, um, you know, Carter Coughlin, Anton Winfield Jr. It's almost like, you know, Minnesota had some good players. On that they, yeah. I mean. It's, you know, looking at last year, it's possible. Like, there's some talent there or something. Could be. Could be. Beat the shit out of Auburn, whatever. Um, Another one up that I would like to to, uh, point out, where I guess we're sticking in the uh, Big Ten West a little bit longer here. Linebacker Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Now, we're going to come back to Wisconsin. 6'2", 238-pound linebacker. We're in a 4'6", 540. 24 reps on the bench press. Anything over 20 is good. That's that's yeah. good for linemen. Sure. For linebackers, that's that's really good. You know, I've gotten a little bit of friction from Wisconsin fans by saying losing Zach Bond is a big deal. I mean that as a compliment sure, of course. to Zach Bond. <laughs> I think these numbers that we're looking at here kind of kind of play that out a little bit that I mean, dude that dude was a smart football player he's a talented football player too so there's um you know of course at wisconsin it's just assumed well next guy up you're gonna replace him but i think there's gonna be some drop off from a zach bond kind of like there's gonna be a drop off from maybe a running back that they had this year that we'll get to yeah. here but we're gonna kind of save him for last i agree um moving on to uh michigan state joe bocce Okay, little, little, okay, there's a little bit of a, you know, well, we got checkered. the P, yeah, we got the PDs. Okay, but, but my guess is questionable, they, whatever. I, my guess is they made him pee in some form of a cup. I would imagine, yes. Still, but 6'1, 230, which isn't huge, but he's a stout middle linebacker. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's size. Fine. I think that's good size. 4'6, 40, 26 reps at the bench. Wow. That's a strong, that's awesome, quick dude. Yeah. So he was able to make a lot of plays at Michigan State because I believe he was a smart, try-hard linebacker. He, and he might have had talented. a little bit of talent with yeah. him too. Yeah. Reminds me of a certain middle linebacker last year that played for Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I agree. Almost is kind of the same yep. type of deal. Um, Michigan State had a lot of players. Uh, Kenny Willekes. Raquan Williams, um, Brian Lewerke, not so much. I mean, a little bit more. He physically tested better. Okay. Than maybe other things he got. We're we're gonna get into the whole, you know, uh, positives and negatives as we as we work through this. Michigan. Let's move on to Michigan, right? They had eleven players. I mean, we're talking Josh Metellus, uh, Shea Patterson. We got Josh Uche. Definitely looked good. Josh Uche definitely looked good. I don't forget about Donovan Peoples Jones. He he looked pretty good. You 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 kinda took my, my steam here. See? Look at this. 
Okay. There's a picture here. Actually, is that I, him? That's okay, him. That's him. Donovan Peoples Jones, wide receiver, 6'2, 212 pounds, hands 10.18 inches. Anything over 9.5 is good. Anything over 10, you got some big hands. So you're talking about uh, Antoine Winfield's hands at safety. Not nearly as important as at Donovan Peoples Jones at wide receiver. So we are we are definitely talking about just the size. The size of Donovan Peoples Jones, 4.48 40-yard dash, oh. 44.5 vertical jump. Yep. That is a specimen right there. 44 is amazing for vertical. Is so high. okay. Let, let's stop and talk about that. That's jumping very high up. See the whole thing with gr- with gravity. <laughs> this is a big planet. Here's the we thing live with on. gravity. It tends to suck you back it down. It pulls you down at 32 feet per second per second. That's what happens. Okay. So Donovan Peoples Jones. So you've got this great specimen here. What did Michigan do with him? And I'm not. You're not the first person to point that out. In fact, many a Michigan people saw those testing and are like, could have we thrown the ball to him more often? And I think we're going to touch on that before the end of this podcast okay. on another let's person go. that was tested. Okay, let's uh, let's let's stick around. We're going to go to Nebraska. Oh, did you know that there was some Davises that were there? Khalil Davis and Heard of him. Carlos Davis. Heard of that guy too. By the way, just side note. 22nd, Khalil Davis, Carlos Davis, Darren Daniels. There's another Daniels still on the roster. Right. I mean this with the most, you know, positive. I'm so glad that they're all gone to the NFL because I couldn't ever keep them all straight. Exactly. I agree with you. I think even some of the most ardent Nebraska people are like, I, I don't know. No, literally, fit. we just have one. We don't have to compare it to anybody. That's it. We've just got one Daniels brother left. That's it. It's going to be so much easier oh, gosh. moving forward. But, hey, how about them Davis brothers, okay? Khalil Davis, 6'1", 308 pounds, nine and three-quarters inch hands. I guess I'm kind of like, I think. You're into the hands, I, aren't you? I don't know where that came from. He ran a 4.75. Wow. So, I, I mean. Holy crap. That's like impressive. Like, your general. Your general, you know, somewhat large size but not huge uh, high school has a running back, right? He probably runs about a 4.75. Let's be honest, right? And he's like 5'9", 168 pounds. (laughs) Right. Correct. Khalil Davis is 6'1", 308 pounds. That's impressive. And he ran a 4.75. I think he just made himself some money. Carlos Davis is a little bit bigger. 6'2", 313 pounds. He ran a 4.82. Not too shabby, man. <laughs> I don't I don't have a hand size here. Um his uh the bench press I'm disappointed. I know. The bench press between the two, 32 uh reps for Khalil Davis. No kidding. 27 reps for Carlos Davis. Wow. So those are both. So good what numbers. did we just talk about with Diamond Peoples Jones? That why didn't we get more out of this guy? Also, something I saw on Twitter from Nebraska sure. fans. These are ultra-talented dudes. Along the These are guys that are absolutely going to get drafted. No doubt about it. Darren Daniels looked pretty good. Lamar Jackson, he did just fine. Cornerback, you're in a 4-5-8. Big dude. He didn't hurt himself. Cornerback. At, cornerback at yeah. the combine. Um, Let's see. Let's let's pop around. So we're kind of through, you know, some, some good players Another one to kind of point out, we're going to go to Penn State. Tons of guys at Penn State that were really good. Um, obviously, Yitor Gross Matos looked very good, but one guy that helped himself out a ton, John Reed, cornerback. Okay. Yeah. Now, he kind of had some moments of not so greatness. Well, I think but- the entire defensive secondary of Penn State had some moments of not so greatness. High tides. Low tides, raising lower all boats. Uh, but John Reed ran a four four nine, not too shabby, which was way better than people thought. He was top five in the shuttle, broad jump, and bench for all defensive backs. No kidding. He probably took himself from borderline free agent sixth seventh round to like pretty solid third fifth round. Fifth, 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 fifth round. Okay, would be where gotcha. I suggest that. So all of that was good. We just went over some pretty amazing 
you know, I think situations, so. right? Now we're going to get into the really I, good ones. I believe this would be elite. Okay. Now, so, okay. Um, I was at the practice tonight. Okay. PJ was all about the elite stuff tonight, Elites. man. Elite's a word. It's a thing. So it okay. may be, it may be a word that is, I think elite is not as an elite of a word <laughs> as people think it is elite. But anyway, he had the entire team gathered around him. And he's like, I don't want you to be good. I don't want you to be great. I don't want you to be special. I don't want you to be this. And he screamed, I want you to be elite. And he, it echoed through the entire complex. All right. So, so let's speak, hear about the elites. Speaking of, I've got three elites. Let's you, hear about your, you, your you, PJ you, I'm, I'm going to show you which one Which one do you want me to, to start at? Because I honestly don't know which one to go to. Okay. I'm going to go with this one. Okay. First one we're pointing at here. <laughs> Jeffrey Okuda. Mm. Cornerback for. I've heard of him. The Ohio State University. Yeah, he just ran a nice 4-4-8-40. As a Solid. 6'1", 205-pound corner, wow. by the way. Um, but here's the thing. So, 4'4", bench press, not so great. Vertical jump, 41. Pretty okay. good. Pretty good. Did you watch him go through drills? I I did not watch him go through drills. I did, I did watch him I did go through drills. It. And they do this thing where you start backpedaling, and the coach points the football one yeah, way, sure. you twist that way. Yep. You point that way, twist, and then you turn and get the ball. Michael Jackson has like a lot of videos where he's just floating. It's like he's it's like the his feet never completely touch the ground yeah, sure. as he moves around. That's what Jeffrey Okuda looked like really? in those drills. It was to the point where it kind of became like a a gif, which by the way is the correct way you're supposed to pronounce well, that. Well, the the guy that that created the gif wants to be called Jeff. Jeff but everybody so else in the world GIF. wants GIF. it to be called Gif. He there's gifs made of Jeffrey Okuda. Just I'm still mo- calling it a gif. Oh, really? You're just yeah. gonna make, do that? All right. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna call it Jeff. So he just was just floating around, just floating around. It 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 is incredible. By the way, did you see him get challenged by a reporter by saying, you know, you've got a lot of personal fouls and holding, and he cut the guy off. He goes, when? Tell me, tell me when I got flagged. Point to it. Go. Awesome. Tell me when. I love because it. apparently he really hasn't. Okay, it's a it's a farcity, you know. It's a that is thrown out there in Jeffrey Kuda. Jeffrey Kuda went ahead and challenged that guy right there and shut him down. And I think it pretty much already hired his status well, among would, NFL that teams. That would raise his stock because they're think. like, dude, he's a smart dude. He's a smart dude. Yeah. And he's like, check he, the film. And he's not a timid dude. He's no, he's a confident not, not that dude. we thought he was, but like Jeffrey Jeffrey Okuda. Already had money that he made for himself. And, you know, by the way, some of those guys that are that high choose not to participate. He participated and somehow you know, that's a good point. raised Like, his he status. probably would have been the number one cornerback taken if he had not participated in the combine. Participated. But he still participated. And, and now he's going to make more money. And I don't mean to. Jeffrey Okuda. And I don't mean to completely. Respect. You know, uh, on the heels of that, but. Two of his teammates, Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins, did not participate. But seriously, I don't blame them. Why, why would Chase? Why would Chase Young participate? By the way, I saw a picture of Chase Young when <laughs> yeah. he came into Ohio State, and I looked at it. And I'm like, well, yeah, it looks like you know, pretty good specimen. And then you know, you scroll over to the picture of him now, and he is just an absolute beast. And you're like, holy crap! What like he literally looked good before. And the transformation is amazing. That different guy, different podcast, but Mark Morehouse was at the Combine. They said that when Chase Young walked out just in tight clothes, there was audible gasps <laughs> by, by teams like, oh, my God, look at him, look at him. The underwear Olympics, man. Um, you got to love it. K.J. Hamler also did not participate. He had oh, a little, he did not. I think okay. I believe he had a little, little hammy. A little tweak on the hammy. So, okay. Matt, all right. So we already uh, got through that amazing humanoid. Which one do you want <laughs> of these two? Okay, I'm going with I'm going with the top there first. I was Tristan Wirfs. Heard of that guy. So speaking of large things, uh, 10 inch 
one quarter inch hand. So gigantic mitts. Huge. Yep. He is six five and he is three hundred and twenty pounds. So he went ahead and ran the forty and four point seven nine. Oh dear Lord. His vertical is thirty six and a half. Oh. It was better. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Can I stop you? Can I stop you? That forty, I assume, is the the fastest amongst the tackles, right? Yeah. Oh, oh fastest amongst the tackles. It was the second fastest tack uh, forty time in the history of the offensive tackles. Now, the thing is, you have to think about is the tackle that probably ran a faster than that was like a converted tight end that was still rocking like two hundred and seventy eight pounds or something so second- like that. Fastest ever? I believe that's what it is. Okay. I'm going and then off the, of... The, let's go to the vert. Um, greatest of all time. Three, 36 and a half. Oh, my God. His his, his seven-cone drill. His 20-yard shuttle is a 4.68. This is... Where does that compare? Like, very high. So, you know, I don't know if you know, they do, like, the the grid thing where they have the yeah, circle. of course. Yeah. And they go around... Like the his bench press was twenty four. That was his worst thing. It was like he was only in the seventieth percentile, I believe. Everything oh, else God, was in the nine, like ninety eighth. By the way, I don't think as, bench press even matters. I, I don't. So basically, not that much. You know, and, and the what I'd like to add as an Iowa fan is that there were not just one, but like two or three experts that said lacks elite athleticism to play tackle. This was stuff that was put out weeks ago. So I, re- I remember this stuff. And like, Iowa fans appropriately reacting like, I, what I, the I heck that. are I, you talking correct. about here? This is a absolute unit for an, <laughs> any. So, okay, can we stop? I, I want to talk about the hang clean. His hang right, clean. right. I mean, he did a four-rep, 450-pound hang clean, which... I've never even heard of anybody doing it once. And he did a four rep hand clean. And then the other one that's crazy, the other viral videos, he jumped out of like three feet of water from a pool. Yeah, I saw that too. And just jumped out, landed on the side of the I do that all the and time, then- by the way. <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't I we'll 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 record that. Give me another- a little more bourbon. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and then another one was he was just in his apartment and he was on his back and he just thrusted himself up to a standing sure. spot. Yeah. The hidden kip. hidden he, gem. He kipped. he kipped. Hidden gem with that. If you look in the top, there's just a a row of empty vodka bottles all across the top. So good job. Okay, I like him even more now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't think this kid's any stranger to alcoholic beverages and he's still <laughs> able to do that. Okay. Good for you, Tristan Wirfs. You just made some money. He, he did make himself some money. So that awesome. gets us to, and by the way, uh, as far as Iowa players, Michael O.J. Moody ran a 4-4-5. That is a rangy cornerback. Oh, O.J. Moody? Yeah. He's, he's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's done. Oh, okay. Ran Didn't a 4-4-5. That. That's pretty our good. Boy, our boy Nate Stanley ran a sub 4-8-40. Are you serious? And he had like 10 and a half inch hands. Wow. Okay. Did you think? I mean, we all know him for his. I mean, I thought if his, there was his, anybody his I could beat out at a forty, it would be Nate Stanley. I think he's got. You I'm wrong. <laughs> Damn it! It's done. I thought I had one guy all in right. the Big Ten. So uh, Kurt was picking that uh, the last person we're going to talk to for Big Ten, Jonathan Taylor, and that's fine. Let's end on Jonathan I've heard Taylor. About that guy too. Homie ran a four point three nine, which is 40. just stupid. So right along the same lines as Tristan Wirfs, there was a quote unquote expert that said Jonathan Taylor, very productive, lacks burst speed. And I tweeted at him. This is like, who was this? I would, I name crap. I should have, I should have run out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I tweeted at him. You're going to regret tweeting this. Has he never watched this guy play? And that, I mean, I think that's we actually, all knew he was fast, but 4.39 fast? Uh, 36-inch vertical leap, 7.013 cone, 4.24 for a 20-yard shuttle. He did this at 5'10", 226 and, pounds. And that's the most impressive part right there. So, so let me ask you this. Um, Leonard Fournette, LSU running yep, back, just sure. lauded as the greatest physical specimen running back just two years ago, which I never, 
bought into, but right. Whatever. What 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 does he have over Jonathan Taylor? He has nothing over Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has a ton of production over. It's it's almost like as Jonathan Taylor was running away from defenders in the Big Ten West, people thought, well, that's cute. But it's just the Big Ten West. Maybe, just maybe, he was doing all of that because he's a freaking unit. Shuttle 4.24, which yeah. was what it looks like the second best. Yeah. Is that so the second he's best? He's not only fast. He's quick. He's quick. Now, the one knock we and can productive. say is, is the fumbling. He's got to work on the fumbling. Sure. But even he kind of got better at that and receiving the, you know, catching the got ball. Got better too. at catching the ball, too. Yep. All right. So we got, we, we need to have negatives, right? Let's do the negatives. Okay. Man. So Quintez Cephas, wide uh, receiver, productive wide receiver. And I mean, I'll be honest, looked fantastic last season. Yeah. Four seven three forty. Not good. Not great. Not good. Big dude. Big hands. Yeah. He he did well in other testing. It'll it'll be interesting to see how much that hurts. Him. But he looked like during the season, kind of an athletic guy. Yeah. It, it's weird to see him test that that poorly. AJ Epinesa, very productive. Not uh, bendy. Not bendy. Not not, not bendy. Like he he commented on. I want to be explosive. I want to show that a four eight one forty is not going to do it. Now the and the, and the bench that. wasn't great either, but the three cone and all the other testing mm-hmm. fine. We'll see. I I still think he'll be taken first round, but I tell you what, he's going to flirt with the second round. Okay. Okay. Shea Patterson. Ooh. Now the testing was fine. Okay. okay but there was a whole couple days. And the thing that happens in these couple days is quarterbacks throw the ball to receivers. It did not look good. No. It was no, not a did not. impressive performance by Shea Patterson. No, it was not. It looked bad. It, in fact, it looked, it looked bad. It looked to, bad. To, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It did not look good. Um, And then I guess kind of a random one. No Ohio State receiver ran better than a four point five nine. No kidding. At the at the draft, and we're talking. So you remember last year was like they were just blazing. So kind of weird, of right? Yeah. It's almost like uh, KJ Hill, Austin Mack, uh, Victor Hill Benjamin. Do? They were, I believe, KJ Hill was the four point five nine. They were okay. all four point six or but so okay. more production to look at than the actual testing. Sure. Okay, so now we'll get out of the Big Ten just for a second. Because please point of reference, right? Um, Notre Dame wide receiver Chase Claypool, 6'4", 238 pounds. Okay. He ran a four four two forty. Nineteen reps on the bench. Dude is an absolute specimen. Wow. He's actually been they don't know where to put him as either a wide receiver or a tight end or as a flex tight end. Because he is again six four two thirty eight. How about either? How about we can just play him? Let's play him at both. Where we want him. Then I I think you know regretfully I would have to say the unbelievable specimen of the entire weekend, Clemson linebacker mm. Isaiah Simmons. Absolutely six four two hundred and thirty eight. By the way, exact same measurements that we just gave for Chase Claypool. Wow. Six four. 238. Chase Claypool, wide receiver. Isaiah Simmons, linebacker. Isaiah Simmons ran a 4.3940. I watched that part. I That's did see that part. Incredible. 39 inch vertical wow. leap. Amazing. And it and and his uh broad jump was incredible. The guy was off the charts. Absolutely off the charts. Incredible. Okay. Um can anyways. I bring up one that I liked? Yeah. Tight end from Purdue, Bryson Hopkins. Okay. So this guy ran a 466, 245. One pounds. of the fastest tight end times. And by the way, this guy was severely under recruited. Correct. He was a low three star. His only power five offer was from Purdue. He's an Illinois legacy. His dad, Brad Hopkins, played at Illinois, played for the Tennessee Titans. All American in college, all pro in 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 the NFL. 
did not get an Illinois offer. Just have to throw that out there. Yeah. Bryson Hopkins, way to go. Get yourself some money. He's going to get some money. He's going to get some money. Um, so after that, you know, now I'll be honest with you. I didn't pour through every single one of the results, okay? I, I mostly was concentrating on the Big Ten. But I watched I – caught, I caught coverage each night, and I just kept hearing about, you know, Tristan Wirfs and Isaiah Simmons and Okuda and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, that's weird. I, I'm not hearing a lot of SEC. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear a lot of SEC. Um, one thing I want to point out, like, like Derek Brown – Auburn defensive line. Sure. His his testing was average to poor. Like poor. Well, he got worked by the Minnesota offensive line. Correct. In that bowl game. LSU had 16 players Woo! at the draft. So there's two things to point out. Number one, none of them really stood out. Grant Delpit didn't even test. The other thing, maybe LSU might have some troubles winning. 14 games next year, 15 games, oh, whatever. It, it could be yeah. a rough year for them next year. Another thing, Jake Fromm looked like ass. Which is so weird. I mean, I'm no, I'm serious. For like, okay. the times I've watched him, I was really impressed. I it, it, I find it hard to believe that he, he didn't look good. He, I mean, his testing was predictably bad. Like, Basically, it was just a general thing. Like we know he's going to test bad, but I'm talking about the throwing. Okay, like, we basically the general thing was we know he's going to test poor. We know he's going to interview great. He did that. That was okay. exactly what it was. Then, then it got to be the throwing bad. That's not good. It was not a good thing. Like to the point where I was watching him throw and I didn't comment. I just got on Twitter and I just I just kept refreshing my feed and it was just like. Yo, Jake Fromm is shit, man. Jake Fromm is trash. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was bad. It like other That's people were seeing that I was seeing. Now, I want to do say that uh, one thing I'll say is uh, Alabama wide receivers Jerry mm. Judy and Henry Ruggs Jr. Henry Ruggs so, ran a four point two seven. I mean, that was stupid. And I, he's productive on top of it. So I can't remember who it was. Was like, okay, get ready. Ruggs is about to run, and he's going to show everybody what he's all about. I'm like. Okay, all right. And then I watched him. I was like, holy shit. He was amazing. 4.27 in the 40. He flew. He He flew. flew. He absolutely flew. And then also Jerry Judy ran a 4.45. Yeah, and he was productive on top of that. Absolutely. But, you know, another thing, too, is they've lost Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs Jr., and... To a tang viola. True. That's a lot of of talent, So let's also point out Anthony McFarland ran a 4.44. From Maryland. There you go. As a running back. Nice. I mean, he was the, looks like the second fastest running back in the in the class. And I thought I remembered him pulling away from a lot of people yeah. when he ran, too. So, I mean, we've loved Anthony McFarland on this podcast a I lot. I love me some Anthony McFarland. So there you go. That's, that's the, it. That's the, that's the combine. That's it. Okay. So Let's drink we've, some bourbon, man. We've, we've talked enough. Now, this is all football is gone. We've, we're recording this on Friday night. As I think most of you know, I'm an Iowa fan, and you're an Illinois fan. I think so. I think I am still. Maybe. We'll see about that. So, but, you know, predominantly we are Iowa football fans and Illinois football fans. But yeah. with that being said, we are Iowa basketball fans and Min- or, uh, Illinois basketball fans. to bring fans. that up. Okay. So we got a big game coming up. We do, up. on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, we got a big game. Yeah. So I just want to formally say – you i hope we <laughs> kick <laughs> i i told you it was coming right? you did all right well we're at the state <laughs> farm center so <laughs> you're gonna put a lot of work in yes you I got am. them all you think you'll get those i think all i out? can get them all i think I can get them all it's a big game and it's gonna be a good sporting event and by the way i'm calling out somebody right now yeah i'm calling out ryan youngie Okay. That's my guy. All right. We're going to kick your ass, Ryan. Okay. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Got a little basketball. I'll probably eat my words on that one. (laughs) I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.